short psalm. It is a psalm of David. We see that in the superscription for the choir director, a Davidic psalm. We don't have much detail. Uh, I think I said this last week, but this whole group of psalms here in this little section, there's several in a row, and it has been suggested by some that perhaps these were written by David when he was fleeing from his son Absalom, who was trying to overthrow him. That's a possibility, although we don't know for sure. But uh, regardless of who David's enemy is, David has an enemy. And it's not so different from what we saw last week. But uh, the language that David uses is language that perhaps we feel sometimes. We feel our enemies coming against us in this way. Uh, and we need to see how David responds and who David trusts in. So we will pray, and then we will look at Psalm 64. Let's pray. God, we come to you. We thank you for a good week. We thank you for a beautiful week, and we thank you that we can come here. God, you're good, and we thank you for being good, and I pray in these few minutes, dear Lord, that we seek you and that we find you. I pray that you clear our minds of all the thoughts and worries and desires and things of the world, and God, we just hear from you. Let your Holy Spirit just speak through me tonight and help me to do a good job and bring glory to you, and I pray that we would grow in you through these words. I pray that your words do a work tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 1. God, hear my voice when I complain. Protect my life from the terror of the enemy. Now, some of your translations may not have the word complain there. It may say something like, God, hear my voice when I pray, but complain is probably the better word. Most of your translations are going to have the word complain, and the, the uh, a Hebrew word that's used there, more times than not in the Old Testament, it is used as complain. That's the way it's interpreted, and that, that might be the best interpretation for it. David says here, God, hear my voice when I complain. Now, let's talk about that for a second, because chances are that we have all complained about something. And chances are we, we may complain about something on a daily or weekly basis. But is there any kind of differentiation in the type of complaining that we do? Well, perhaps there is. When David is talking about complaining here in his prayers and his complaints that he's making before God as he prays to him, David's complaint is his enemies. God, these enemies are against me. I am terrorized by these enemies. God, deliver me from my enemies. God, save me from my enemies. So David's complaint, if we can call it this, is a, is a good complaint. He's, he's complaining for something that is, that is not unreasonable. Now, I say a good complaint because I think that there are times that we complain that perhaps they're not such good complaints. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, I remember a few years back when Michelle and I first got married, we, we had a TV that someone had given us, and uh, it was not a very good TV, at least not by my standards, and so I complained about it a lot when I would watch it. And then I realized how stupid it was for me to complain. I said, you know what, I don't need to do that. And, but there may be things like that in your life that you complain about complain about this or you complain about that. But there are some times and some things that we need to just simply be uh, grateful for that we don't need to complain. There are some things that are not worth complaining about just because we want this or that or the other or because it's not up to our standards. 
That doesn't mean that there are not times that we may not need to take action for something that has occurred, but perhaps there are times that we simply don't need to complain. Perhaps sometimes the reason why we complained is because we are entitled. We feel like we deserve this or we deserve that, and we are so accustomed to having the things we want and we need and getting things our way that when things don't meet our expectations, then we begin to complain. And so if our complaining comes from a sense of entitlement, if our complaining makes us angry over what we do not have, then perhaps that type of complaining needs to be examined in our life. There are lots of things that come about in our life that we may be tempted to complain about, but we may need to take a step back and say, you know, should I really complain about this? Here's another example. A few weeks ago, I went to the Rock and K and I got a corn dog and I started eating it and it was very good and then I got into the middle of it and it was kind of cold in the middle. They didn't cook it long enough. Now, I could have complained about that. I could have said, can you believe that? This thing ain't cooked warm enough. It's cold in the middle. But instead, I just ate it. It was a little cold. I'd liked it to have been hot. Absolutely. But then I think about, you know what? There's a lot of people in this world that ain't got nothing to eat. They would literally kill for a cold corn dog. So you know what? I'm sitting in my recliner with my air conditioning on, watching my TV, and my corn dog's a little cold on the inside. Well, there's a lot of worse things in the world than a cold corn dog. So maybe things like that we shouldn't complain so quickly about when our steak's not cooked quite to our liking or we don't get this to happen the way we want or that to happen the way we want. Our TV's not as good as we want. That's not to say that we may not sometimes want better things. I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but, but we don't want to get to the point where we are complaining and completely ungrateful for what we do have. And David has a complaint here, but it's not the kind of complaint like I'm talking about. David's not complaining, saying, Oh, God, I, I had a golden chariot, and I wanted a better golden chariot. I wanted a platinum chariot. Oh, God, help me. I'm complaining about... That's not the kind of complaint that David had. David had a legitimate complaint. His complaint was genuine. God, my enemies are against me. God, I come before you, and I complain to you. I pray to you because I am in pain. I am, I am, I'm tired of being chased by these enemies who are coming against me. So, God, hear my voice. God, hear my... Prayer, protect my life from the terror of the enemy. And then in verse 2, verses 2 through 6, we see these enemies described for us. Hide me from the scheming of wicked people, from the mob of evildoers who sharpen their tongues like swords and aim bitter words like arrows, shooting from concealed places at the innocent. They shoot at him and suddenly are not afraid. Now, how does David describe his enemies here? He uses, he uses language of weapons. He talks about swords and arrows. But what is he speaking of here? He speaks about their words and the things that they are saying. That's important for us to remember. Our words carry weight. There are, there are many things we can say to someone that would hurt them far more than if we were to beat them with a club, if we were to whip them with a whip, there are some things that we can say to people that cut to their core, words that sting them, words that hurt, words that they cannot easily overcome, words that crush them. You know, you can destroy a person with words. 
You can build a person up with words. Or you can tear a person down with words. And so we need to be careful what words we say. Because our words carry weight. And the closer someone is to you, the more weight their words carry. Somebody you don't know tells you something that's hurtful. Well, it might hurt for a moment, but you probably won't think much about it, especially if it's somebody you'll never see again. But if, you're, if it's your husband or your wife or your mother or your father or your child or your grandchild that say something to you, those words that hurt, well, that hurt sticks with you. That hurt is not easily overcome. And David says his enemies are coming at him with words that cut like a sword, with arrows that, that pierce. You look about the size of an arrow. An arrow is a tiny little thing. It leaves a, a tiny little hole. An arrow could squeeze into the tiniest little spot. And David says, the words of my enemies are like an arrow that, that pierce within me. And perhaps you have felt that kind of hurt from people in your life. People who you thought were your friends. Or maybe even people who you know are your enemies. But yet their, their words still hurt. Their words are still destructive. Perhaps you have been one who has been hurt by words or perhaps... You are one who have hurt or will hurt others with your words. So we need to be careful. The things we say may not seem like much to us, but perhaps they are destructive to others. The things that others say may not seem like much to them, but perhaps to us they cut us to our very core. And David says, My enemies are coming against me with words that are like a sword that pierce me like an arrow. And then he says in verse 5, they encourage each other in an evil plan. They talk about hiding traps and say, who will see them? They devise crimes and say, we have perfected a secret plan. The inner man and the heart are mysterious. Now these evil enemies that are coming against David, they, they are pretty proud. They are, they are proud of their plan as they talk amongst one another, as they devise plans and traps for David and perhaps others as well. They say to themselves, we have perfected our secret plan, as is often the case with those who do evil, with those who are proud in their own abilities. These enemies that were seeking David, they were proud in their own abilities. They thought they were something. They thought their plan was perfect and was going to go off without a hitch. This is not an uncommon theme for us in life. When we watch movies, there's almost always a good guy and almost always a bad guy. And the bad guy always comes up with a perfect plan. A perfect plan that cannot be thwarted. But the hero always comes in. The hero is always a little smarter than the enemy. The hero is always a little wiser than the enemy. The hero is always a little stronger than the enemy. The hero is always one step ahead of the enemy. And no matter how good the enemy's plans may seem, as perfect as they may seem, as proud as they may be in their plans, the evil will not succeed in their plans. Now, they will in the short term. There are some short-term plans that the evil will succeed in, but I'm talking about eternally. When God comes and brings judgment on everyone in this world, those who are living in evil will not be able to escape God's judgment. As good a plan as they come up with, it will never be able to stand up to God. Verse 7, 
Let's see what God's response is, what David says here in verse 7. But God will shoot them with arrows. Suddenly they will be wounded. They will be made to stumble. Their own tongues work against them. All who see them will shake their heads. So David says, look, my enemies are coming and they are strong and their words are like swords and like arrows and their plan appears to be perfect. And they talk a big talk and they talk about how great they are and their strength and their pride and their planning. But what does David say in verse 8? He says, their own tongue works against them. Now that's not so different uh, from what we see in Matthew chapter 12, verse 37 that says, this is Jesus speaking here, talking about judgment. Well, let's read 36 and 37. Matthew 12, it says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, the words that we speak that will acquit us, that will free us, that will forgive us, will be, God, forgive me. Lord Jesus, I trust you. Lord Jesus, I put my faith in you. And by those words, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, we will overcome, the book of Revelation tells us. By our words, we who are in Christ will be acquitted. But those who speak words of their own power and their own strength and their own abilities and their own pride without trusting in the Lord, by those words, they will be condemned. By those who say, I don't need God. By those who say, I can be my own God. By those who say, my wealth is my God. By those who say, I can do what I want. I'm in control. But one day those words will come and those words will be their condemnation. And when they stand before God, there will be no other words they can utter because they have spoken their judgment. And God knows that. And David knows that. Even though these come against him and they appear to be strong and they speak with strong voices, David says, by their words, their own tongues will work against them. And in verse 9, he says, then everyone will fear and will tell about God's work, for they will understand what he has done. David said, look, things look bad. The enemies are coming. The enemies are strong. But let me tell you how strong my God is. As strong as the enemy looks, when God comes onto the scene, the enemy will be forgotten about. People will see the Lord. They will feel the Lord. They will know the power of the Lord. And once we experience the power of God, the power of the enemy is not quite as strong as it used to be. And David says everyone will see the power of God. One day all of us will see the power of God. Who will we be? Like those enemies of David who trust in our own pride? Or will we be like David who seeks the Lord and realize that we are a sinner in need of a Savior, in need of grace, as David did in verse 10? The righteous one rejoices in the Lord and takes refuge in Him. All those who are upright in heart will offer praise. And so at the end of this struggle, what is the result? It's, it's praise. The righteous one will rejoice in the Lord. And so perhaps if we look at this psalm kind of at its core, well, we may can relate to what David's going through in some way. Regardless of whether we know his situation, our situations are not so different. There are times in life where life is difficult. 
There are times in life where enemies come against us. There are times in life where our friends come against us. There are times when people speak hurtful words to us and say things to us that cut to our core. There are times that we are terrified, that we are in pain, that we are in agony, that we are struggling, that we are waiting for deliverance, and we are praying out to God. We are complaining to God, saying, God, help me. God, hear my prayer. God, deliver me from my enemy who is coming against me with strength and power, and it appears as though they are going to overcome me. They are cutting me to the core. But what happens? David knows that God will answer. David knows that God will deliver him. David knows that he will be delivered and his enemies will be punished. David knows that God is good and David knows that the day is coming when all will know that God is good. And for those who know that God is good, what do we do? We rejoice. Perhaps you are up against an enemy today, up against a struggle. Do as David did and call out to the Lord. And know that deliverance is coming. It may be a day, it may be a week, it may be a month, it may be ten years. But for those who seek the Lord, deliverance is coming. And for those who seek the Lord, they will rejoice. Let us be those who rejoice before the Lord tonight. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for these good words. And God, I pray that you help us to overcome those enemies that, that, that come against us with their words. And God, I pray that you help us not to be those who come against others with our words. Dear Lord, there are legitimate things that we pray to you about that, that are struggles for us, that, we, that we, get, we get burdened with, dear Lord. Our complaints come before you often. But God, let us also maybe realize that there are some things in this world we don't need to complain so much about. God, let us realize how much we are blessed in some situations and let us keep our complaints to a minimum in those areas, dear Lord. God, I pray that you help us to know that you are a great deliverer, that you will help us to overcome, dear Lord. So God, let us rejoice in you tonight. If one's in the midst of their struggle, let them rejoice. God, if one is, is, is doing well, let us rejoice. God, you are good, and we thank you for being good. God, you are gracious and merciful, and we are undeserving. But we thank you for being good to us and letting us come here tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.